What up? Uh, this is a podcast of Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 245. I'm joined by Koopy. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, books, TV shows, video games. Y'all know the deal. Uh, thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello, hello. Uh, another month. It was a fast month. It was, because you came late in the month, and then last month, and then also uh, it was a short month, it was just the month of February. So that combined made it seem like you were but, just on. Yes. Um. So anyway, this will be a 15 minute and we're in and out. Well, I don't know. Have I did pretty good. Yeah, you read a lot of books. So we talked about it a little bit on the podcast before we had a snowpocalypse, so that helped. Yes, lots of snow. So it was like a whole week where I got to read quite a bit. Right. All right. Before I forget, uh, I need to remember Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast and mo. Go there, give a dollar more a month, get early access to the podcast. Uh, if you give enough, you can be a co producer like my mom, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall Adarman, Bear, and Pow Wow. Uh, still keeping it going, keeping this whole thing up. I'm sure they just forgot. <laughs> and I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, also, we have merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast with Mo. Uh, for now, I have really been thinking about switching merch shops. You know, I haven't done a lot of research in the other ones, but I know other ones exist. And um, I, I need to really look into it, but we'll see. We'll see if I ever do. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really like that strong Marie shirt. You know, when I wear it, it's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of just want to get one of the, I just want just for the comfort level of the shirt, want to switch merch shops. Right. A good quality. Right. All right. Um, I don't really have uh, anything else for we need to get in your books. So we mentioned our snowpocalypse. Well, we got uh, to kind of hang out for like a week and a half and we still work. You definitely work uh, from home. And uh, <laughs> I was on call, which didn't really mean a whole lot. And uh, yeah, so you got but you got to spend some time reading books. Definitely helped. Yes. You're like, you know what? I'm going to start another one. Yes, I just kind of plowed through and I kind of thought February ended a week earlier than and one day I was looking at the calendar. I was like, oh, I have a whole other week. Yeah. I and that. that was kind of odd for a a short month, but I guess right. it's really only two days shorter than usual, but two or three. But yeah. Anyway, um, I read four books total and then I'm almost finished with a fifth book. Like I could finish it this afternoon if and you might do it and I might. That would be ideal. Um, cause I don't like certain books to like drag over to different months cause I'm weird like that. But, um, if I had to finish it Monday, I would still count for February. Right. But anyway, the first book I read is one that has been talked about a lot in the book community and I've, it's piqued my interest for about a year and I haven't read it until now, but it's called All the Ugly and Wonderful Things by Brian Greenwood. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly. B-R-Y-N. Brian Greenwood. But anyway, All the Ugly and Wonderful Things is a novel that received the 2016 Book of the Year Award for book with Book of the Month. Um, and this book made me very uncomfortable. Uh, I don't really know... Um, how I feel about it. I think I gave it three stars, not because it wasn't wonderfully written, but because of the content is just a bit. Um, What's the content? Okay. So I'm going to just read you the flap because this is one of those where I think you just need to hear the, the book uh, the description. Voice, right. So it says, as the daughter of a drug dealer, Wavy knows not to trust people, not even her own parents. It's safer to keep her mouth shut and to stay out of sight. Struggling to raise her little brother, Donald, eight-year-old Wavy is the only responsible adult around. Obsessed with the constellations, she finds peace in the starry night sky above the fields behind her house until one night when her stargazing causes an accident. After witnessing his motorcycle wreck, she forms an unusual friendship with one of her father's thugs, Kellen, a tattooed ex-con with a heart of gold. 
By the time Wavy is a teenager, her relationship with Kellen is only is only is the only tender thing in a brutal world of addicts and debauchery. When tragedy rips Wavy's family apart, a well-meaning aunt steps in and what is beautiful to Wavy looks ugly to the scrutiny of the outside world. A powerful novel you won't soon forget. All the ugly and wonderful things challenges all we know and believe about love. Well, it's definitely an inappropriate relationship between an adult man and a child. Right. So it has one of those things where it's like, you really shouldn't be sexualizing children. Um, But I do understand that it is a part of some people's realities and it's like a reflection of society. Um, But yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. There's lots of violence, drug abuse, um, sexual abuse. It's, it was an intense book, but I thought it was really good. I understand why people like it, but it's also like, whew, it's heavy and it makes you kind of uncomfortable at times. Right. So all the ugly and wonderful things. Um, it's def- If you like things that are like, I would say if you like, like shameless, that was, I kept imagining you were like, like the world of shameless, you know? Cause I don't know. You said thugs and white. To me, I'm thinking they're just white thug people. Like they live like out in the middle of nowhere because they have like a meth ranch. So it's not in the city. Um, you can see there's a field right. down here at the bottom, and you can see the night sky. So she has like a clear. So she's kind of isolated and alone on this ranch with adults who are inappropriate. And um, but like Kellen, the I don't like he's a good guy, but like he's clearly forming an unhealthy relationship with a child. And he's like in his 20s, he's right. like 28 or something. Very weird. I know uh, we talk about all the time how I I just think back because I'm from a small town of adult men being saying things. We were talking about today, like, can't wait till she turns 18 in those moments. And like as a kid, you don't think of it. But now as I'm an adult, I'm like, I would never say that. I would never think that. And so. Well, he does a lot more than just. Right. Say things. But like that is that is a thing people uh, fantasize about. So I mean, I'm, you know, but I mean, it is like he like genuinely loves her and he's not like going around with other women. I don't know. And um, I know one of your listeners said that I could give away spoilers. Yeah. They do end up like they are ripped apart at one point because it is like inappropriate and he goes to jail and all this stuff. Um, but he eventually gets let out and. They are reunited after years of part and um, it's like the happiest she's ever been or whatever as an, she be as an adult at the very end, but right. she's a child at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first one I read and it was intense. Yeah. A good way to start off February. Yeah. Month of love. It had been one that had, I had heard a lot about and I'm trying to get Knock some books out. off of my to be read list that I've had for a while. All right. So the next one I read is called long way down by Jason Reynolds. And this is a very popular book. Um, It's a young adult novel written in verse. So it's like written in poetry. Um, It says Will's older brother, Sean has been shot dead. Will feels sadness so great. He can't explain but his neighborhood, there are three. There are the rules. Number one, crying. Don't, no matter what. Number two, snitching. Don't, no matter what. Number three, revenge. Do, no matter what. But bullets miss. You can't get the wrong guy. And there's always some th- someone else who knows how to follow the rules. So it says 60 seconds, seven floors, three rules, one gun. So it takes place in an elevator. And on each floor, uh, the door opens and someone enters. So it like starts off with his brother being shot and killed. And he's decided to get revenge and find the guy who he thinks did it and kill him. Because those are the rules, right? Um, That's what he's been taught growing up. He's seen his uncle, dad, you know, brother. Everyone seems to follow these rules. and. on each floor, someone gets in the elevator and as it's going down, you realize that they're all ghosts and they're all the people who have said, you know, who have been impacted by these rules. Some of them are people who shot other people. 
and then were later killed themselves. Some of them are people who were innocent, but it's pretty interesting. And he's having conversations with them as he's trying to decide if he wants to go through with getting revenge. And um, by the end of the book, his brother is the last ghost to enter the elevator and he convinces him to get out, you know, and not follow through with the cycle. And so it's pretty powerful. It's good. It's very um, beautifully written. Like the poetry, if you are a fan of lyrical, like, um, you know, the play with the words and the repetition of letters and, you know, the sound of writing, you know, what writing can create. It's really beautifully written. And so I understand why so many people like it. You can see it has one, two, three, four, four different awards on the cover. Yeah, honestly, it didn't sound interesting uh, story-wise to me, but or like something I'd want to read necessarily, but maybe someday they'll make it into something. It's been turned into a graphic novel since it's been a book. And so, I don't know, it might turn into some other stuff, too. Right, that's how it all works these days. But all it's books. all, I mean, it's just him and in an elevator having conversations, but it, they were actually there, I guess there are some memories moment, like flashback moments where he's thinking about like the times that he was spent with them. Right. So I could see you making like different of uh, each floor, like a different um, episode. Um, what was the next one you read? Okay. So the next one I read is called transcendent kingdom by Yah Gossi. And it is also a novel, standalone. So, so far, all of these have been standalones. Um, so some of you who have been listening for a while might remember last year, about this time, I read a book called Homegoing by Yagasi. Um, so this is her second book. I really loved the first one. Um, so it has some similar vibes, like style to writing and all that. But this one is about a young a woman who is named her name is gifty and she is a sixth year phd candidate at a neuroscience uh at stanford university school of medicine and she's working on a research project where she is trying to manipulate mice um to like they have uh behavior patterns even though it is harmful to them. They continue to go back for like the yeah. reward, even though it's going to put them through like shocks and yeah, things yeah. like that. And so she's trying to map out the brain cells that do all of that. So she can try to create like a blocker that will cre- stop it. And it's all connected back to her brother who was um, addicted, got addicted to pain medicine and eventually heroin and then overdose. Yeah. There's a famous study of this, of the mice wanting going for cocaine and they keep going back to cocaine, even though it's electrocuting them. That's I've what should they talk about um, in the beginning? But she says they don't use cocaine. They use a different substance to addict them. It's kind of like a sugar thing, but th- that is mentioned. So that's kind of like the overall story of it in the background is her going back to her lab and working on this project, trying to get um, her study complete. But at the same time, it's, she has her mother who is living with her, who is suffering from depression. And so it has a lot of like heritage stories and memories from her childhood and like learning about what happens to her brother. And then also mixed in with all of that is religion. So she grew up in a very religious household, really wanted to have that connection with God and like prided herself on her knowledge and um, dedication. But then as she got older, she moved away from God. She didn't see him as an actual, like actually having any impact on her life. And so it's kind of also, it's like this, interesting commentary on science and religion and her trying to find like a balance between the two. Right. And I'm assuming the character is black. Yes. She's black. Her family, her mother is, um, her mother and father were immigrants from Ghana and Yagasi her, that's like her heritage. Yeah. I remember the first book was about her, like, ancestors right more or less like every generation or every something. yeah every chapter was a different generation of being of um people being enslaved in from ghana and brought to America. i just think it's, I, I th- i've always found it interesting um 
how like the black population is more religious than any other population percentage wise and how it was like thrust upon them during slavery of like, you want to read the only way you're going to get away with it is this one, but you know, like there's a reason it's probably so ingrained, but I've also have had friends uh, that I went to high school with the census talked to me of like, how can we believe this? So, you know, and like they're on that side, but then there's other people I know they're like super into it. You know, I think some of the most people I know most into it are black. So I don't know. I just, I find it interesting. The relationship between white Christianity, not that it has to be white, but you know, white Jesus is what we all see everywhere. The Borgia dude. Yes. Whatever his name was, that is the model we all look at. Just interesting stuff. So very brave of this author to even put that in there, I think, because I think a black audience would probably not appreciate. Well, you can see that on the cover. She's praying. Oh, so she's even luring them, baiting them in or eat it. (laughs) (laughs) They see a little black girl praying. They're like, oh, I'll love this book. And then she's going to be like, she's not like anti-God. She's just like. And her mind, you know, there's a the quote throughout here is like she, a teacher said it once to her and she it stuck with her is that um, we are all made of stars, but God made the stars or something like that. So it's kind of like her, like I said, trying to find a balance between. Right. For sure. I mean, I do that in my current life. I'm so like, she's still like, I think, believes in a higher being, but she doesn't necessarily believe in the, like the white Christian right. God. If anything, I'm like, he's watching TV. He ain't working. He ain't doing nothing. <laughs> but it was a really, really, really powerful book. It was a short book, but very, um, like, I don't know. It took me a long time to process. I think this one took me about two weeks to read. Yeah. It was good, though. I really liked it. And that one, you read that one before the snowstorm, right? Um, I started it it before and finished it at the beginning of the snowstorm. And then the next one I began in the middle and finished before. Yeah. And this was one that looks like doesn't look like one you would read. That's what everyone says. They keep saying it seems like one an unusual pick for me. Yeah. Um, It's called Outlawed by Anna North. And it is a uh, feminist Western and it's what well, I think from the look of it, you can't tell it's feminist Western because you don't, you know, it just looks like a Western from the front. It's set in the year 1894. And if you look it up on Goodreads, which if you guys aren't on Goodreads, you should come check on, it out. It's, book lovers. it's an app you can download and track your books me. and you can set challenges and follow groups and have your friends. Anyway, um, it says the crucible meets. True grit. And if you know me, I love the crucible and I like, I have like a weird love hate relationship with the crucible. But, um, so I was kind of just drawn in on that. And so it starts off about this young woman who has been married and, you know, in this time you're expected to have children very quickly and, you know, give your husband an heir and all of that, but she is barren and she is unable to do so within the first two years of marriage. And she goes to extreme lengths to try to get pregnant, but nothing ever works for her. And so her husband divorces her and she is going to be kind of kicked out of the community because she is seen as a witch. That's where like the crucible element comes in, I guess. Right. Um, And so women, and it kind of teaches you a lot about just American history towards women health women's health and um childbirth and because she worked as a midwife for her mother so she has this skill of delivering babies but she's not allowed to be around pregnant women because they thought that she could make them barren or steal their children's lives and all this weird witchy stuff that's just a lie so she leaves the community because she's in danger and she ends up at this with the hole in the wall gang, which is where the Western element comes in. And they're all kind of in this have similar background where they have um, been kicked out of their communities for various reasons. And most of them are barren stuff like that. But the group is very interesting. Um, They all have a different role. The leader is someone named the kid and she has this vision of, building their own town, their own America where women would be accepted and they don't have to live in fear. So there's like a, a bank robbery heist where they're trying to get the money to buy a ghost town type of thing. And um, there's, 
all kinds of things that happen throughout the story. She kind of, the main character you're following serves as like their doctor. Um, and she has personal goals of meeting another doctor, a woman who wrote a book on women who were barren. And so she wants to go and meet her and work with her and have research over those issues. Um, so you're kind of following her on her quest but it was it was good. It was a quick read. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Lots of adventure. Um, you know, uh, a motley crew of ladies. Ladies, yeah. Well, cool. So that was the fourth book, and I finished all of those. And then it took forever for this one to get in the mail. Yeah, I remember you waited for you. Uh, were like, I'm taking a day off reading because I'm going to wait for this one to get here in the mail. And then when it got here, I was so tired by the end of the week and I couldn't keep my eyes open for like the first two days that I was trying to read it. And then once I got going um, on probably my third day, I really got into it. But it's called The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. And it is a gothic thriller. It's a new release. It's... um. The Reese Witherspoon Book Club pick for February, and that's like your favorite book club at the moment, right? I I'm I like it. Um, I haven't always read her books. There are some that I that seem really cheesy. That I, so it just depends on what she chooses. I see. But I like she basically she downloaded a new app. Hello, another app, and it's fun to just try to set challenges to, and so it'd be cool to just have read all of her book club picks. I mean, I understand. It's like me and trophies on video games. Yeah. It's just like hoarding, hoarding um, my bookshelf. Yeah. Well, cool. I don't know. Anyway. um, But this one is pretty good. And it's set in the Swiss Alps. And this hospital, it's a, you know, a sanatorium was turned into a hotel. And it's like the chicest uh, thing on the market but it's at a very dangerous kind of like remote location um, but the main character you're following is going to meet her brother and his fiance at this hotel because they're going to be getting married and she takes her boyfriend with her and they're on their way up there and at the beginning you realize that her and her brother have a very weird relationship there used to be another brother who died and she suspects him of killing her brother so they've never really gotten along and had a very distant fr- uh, relationship but she's there and her she has plans to confront him and you're like well that's clearly not going to go well um, but at the very beginning you also realize that there are people being uh, kidnapped or like I don't know. Is kidnapping a word for adults? Um, yeah, I think abducted. you still use it. Abducted is probably better. Yeah, adults. Some people are being abducted at the hotel, taken against their will. Yeah, like one of them was one of the creators and designers. The architect of the hotel just went missing one day. Um, a ho- uh, someone in housekeeping goes missing, and then bum bum bum, her brother's fiance goes missing and she thinks at first that it could be her brother even though these other people have gone missing but i guess she kind of rules that out along the way and at the point where i'm at in the story is i still don't know we still don't know um but the kidnap or the abductors always wear these weird creepy masks that look like gas masks and when they take the victim's they torture them, and then when they're returned, they're also wearing creepy gas masks. Um, so I'm not really sure what the deal is with the masks. Right. But You'll learn, I'm sure. Yeah, I still have about 100 pages left, maybe 120, I think. So we'll see where it all ends. There's been three murders, and oh, the main character is a detective, and... She is on leave from work from like a traumatic experience at work. So that kind of seems tropey to me. Right. Um, I've seen that on a lot of like BBC cop thrillers. We've watched them all. So this kind of reminds me of that. Right. That kind of vibe. I could see the Trying BBC. a TV show. It could definitely be a movie or a TV show. Um, so yeah, that's that will be my goal this afternoon to finish reading. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll see how it goes if I fall asleep or not. Um, but I've had a lot of coffee, so hopefully I'll stay awake. 
and that would, put me, that would put me at five books for February, <laughs> which is really good because my goal was three. Yeah, that is good. So at this point, I have read, I have completed seven books. And so the sanatorium would put me at eight. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, somewhere in there, you're talking about the Reese Witherspoon app. Reminded me of this podcast I listened to this morning on Radio Lab about being bored and how they're doing all this research about being bored. So that's not a concept people really had before, like the 1800s, or maybe they had the concept, but the word didn't exist. And I mean, like you had to work all the time, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. People used to just work all day, and people now when they work, they're like, "Oh, some this job's boring." And so they just did this. They done these little experiments, and like even paying someone little, like half a cent, to do this one little thing, something that. People, it was like turning a cog or something and people were getting, you know, they get very bored very quickly. Um, but if they tell them they're earning half a cent each time they do it and they can earn a maximum of $8 over like a long time, people's reported boredom level was a lot lower just because they knew they were getting rewarded. Now, like boredom is, can always like a lot of things affect your boredom. You know, it's not just like, is this activity boring? It's like your mind state, what else is going on, what you get for it. Right. Like all this other thing. So like for me, it's on the Reese Witherspoon book club. You know, there's obviously a pay like a shelf for the books you've read. And at this point, there are 51. And it reminds me that I've read like five of 51. Right. Like for it's on that one thing, if they just added a progress bar, didn't pay them at all, just showed them how many they've done a counter. It made like their boredom go down because it's just something to like, well, oh, look at that. I mean, I did. Yeah. Or whatever. Like it just so like, kind of like motivates me to get through some books. Yeah. So it's a gamification. And, uh, one of the ladies that are talking about the podcast now works at a school and she says, you know, she dreams of making a school that's all based on <laughs> rewards on gamification. She's like, but my re- concern is it might not make good human beings. Right. You know, like it might make really smart people, but they might be assholes. You know, they just that word. But. Their incentive is not because they want to be smart. <laughs> right. So I'm, because I got through revisionist history, which was my favorite podcast the last couple months, uh, I'm now going to go back to, I think, old Radio Lab episodes. I just like these evergreen episodes that aren't about current. You know, they're just like about anything. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I kind of quit listening to Conan because when once they weren't in person and they were like caught people calling in, it lost like the high production value. And then I was like, oh, well, then why am I listening to that? I'll just go listen to um, like my friend's podcast, you know, I don't know. Um, anyway, we got some TV shows we normally talk about. What do we watch yes. this month? Okay, so let's see. Let me pull up my list. Um, the um, my list is in order of kind of what how we watched it. Cool. Uh, the first thing I watched and you saw some of was called Tess of the Dubervilles. Yes. And Tess of the Dubervilles is a classic novel that I've heard a lot about, but I've never read it. Um, people love it, but I think it is the saddest thing I have ever witnessed because there's nothing good that happens to Tess. She is attacked, raped, has a kid that dies. She ends up happily, um, like in love with this guy. She marries him. And then when they both confess their pasts on their wedding night, even though he has been with other women. He shames her for being raped, which I think is horrible. Yeah, she was raped one and, time. And then he's like, oh, you're not pure. Yeah, and he like hates her for that because he feels like she f- tricked him. Although and it's the she, weird looking fuck from the new Harry Potter movies. The Fantastic Beast guy. Yeah, you know, with the little squint eyes. And like she is trying to tell him before they ever get married, but he won't hear it. He says, no, no, no. Like he forces her to wait until their wedding night. He's like, nothing you could tell me would ever be that bad. And we can tell each other our horrible secrets on our wedding night. Like that was his idea. Which is dumb. And then he. Last uh, thing I want to hear about. Then he abandons her and goes off to like Brazil where he's going to become a doctor or something. And he gets super sick. He gets malaria (laughs) and abandons her, doesn't ride or anything like that. She's too proud. So she works a shit job. And eventually her original rapist, who is like infatuated and obsessed with her from the beginning, um, comes back for her. She sees no other choice than to go with him because he can like, I don't know. I think her family was in jeopardy. Like there was lots of things. Yeah, yeah. Happening. He was going to pay for a house for her, her mother. And yes. Other to family. help them survive. And so she became, quote, his creature. Yeah. And then when, yeah. And then when this, her original husband comes back, it's too late. 
but she like murders her rapist and then she is eventually arrested and put to death. And that's Tess of the Dubervilles for anybody who's... It was fairly... Uh, it kept you watching. It I'll was say that. so sad. It was four episodes and I just gave the whole storyline away, but it was on Amazon Prime. And I'm I'm curious. I'd like to read the book because I'm sure the book is even better. Uh, but maybe not. They did a pretty good job with the four episodes. So they probably stuck with it. Um, but it was sad. Horrible, horrible show. Um, well well done. Decent. Well yeah. done. But made me cry. I think every episode, all episodes. Well, that's most things, to be honest. Then we watched the English game. I thought that was real good. It's a soccer English soccer. It's more of like, uh, I guess that towards the inception of whenever, uh, you know, English football or soccer, as we call it here in America, to be honest, England started calling it soccer first. People don't know this shit, but they had a magazine called something, something soccer. And then America saw that and we're like, oh, soccer. Mm-hmm. And so like, so every time England's like, we don't call it soccer. It's like, haha, actually y'all fucking came with that shit. So anyway. Um, but I think the main guys from Ireland originally. Yeah. Well, the main, I don't know. I call the main guy the other one. Oh, that like rich an dude. English gentleman. Yeah, but uh, it was back whenever they uh, unified soccer and were like, here's the actual rules of the competition of soccer. But I guess before this time period, there's probably local rules in different regions or something. So like they're very proud, uh, these rich fucks, that they were part of this. And then yeah. there's, yeah, the Irish guy who's a little wiry, fast Quick fucker. He plays like the street game version. Exactly. I mean, you've seen this sports movie everywhere. Uh, if you've watched sports movies where, you know, basically it, it's how real sports works too. the young quicker dude will come in and have to invent some kind of uh, sneakier way of playing. Well, he just widened the field is what it was. Originally, the game was more like tackling. It was more, I guess, akin to rugby. Right. Yeah. Well, it was like people would take turns. It was a lot of. A basketball clip talking about basketball. It's like, like a, it was a lot people. of ISO. It was a lot of like one on one. You try to rush me as I try to go towards a goal. Whereas in that guy played more of we're passing it from one Defense side of the field to the other and uh, moving the ball, if you will. But um, outside of the soccer part, it was good as well because it's like yeah. the blue collar workers versus the rich people. Because like this is before people get paid to play soccer, but a couple of the guys are getting paid. So uh, like the working man's like one activity that they could do and cheer for Um, and so some of them are bitter that another that some of them are getting paid when they aren't but it it was really good it was sad at times but didn't make me cry i don't know if we'll have a season two or not but it may i think it was just a limited series right but it's on netflix the main rich guy i thought was pretty good yeah done a good job then we watched a true crime the night stalker yes which is a la california I've been wanting to watch it since it came out. Um, It was, yeah, this guy in L.A. who killed like 40 people or something. I don't remember the numbers. Killed a lot of people. At random. Uh, Yeah, it seemed to be at random. Would just walk into people's houses and... Brutally. Like rape women and kill their husbands, stuff like that. And then sometimes you let people go. That was another thing. Uh, It was really weird. But when he was eventually caught, he claimed, you know, Satan told him to do it. He like really leaned heavy into the Satan and... As stuff, which maybe he believed it. Maybe he was fucking with people. I don't know. I read it as because he's laughing all the time that he's just fucking with people. But who knows? I'm sure he had mental health problems. I'm sure there's no way he was ever thinking clearly or logically. And it was probably. Well, they said people that knew him as a teenager and this thing were saying that he always was known to steal stuff, even as a kid. Like you would just pocket shit. So like there's something about it. Um, but that also kind of led us to watching. I don't, it might not be exactly next on your list, but it is kind of related. Um, there was another true crime Cecil hotel thing or something. About Elisa lamb. And it was in two. Well, the Cecil hotel has a long history. I guess. Right. And so this guy that we just talked about in the other one, he was arrested when he was arrested. He was living at the Cecil hotel. Yeah. He stayed there. And so uh, that's when it came on my radar. And then you heard of this other thing. Well, I remember in 2013 when the Elisa Lim elevator footage went viral and you don't, which is surprising to Not me. At all. And so this, when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, Oh, I remember that. That's kind of what speak piqued my interest because I never really knew what happened. Well, I knew what happened to her. Right. Um, 
about how her body was found, but I did never know like the details of it. And it turns out nobody really does. It just was probably a mental health episode. You know, the last episode I think is very clear and they just kind of string you along for the first few episodes of like, here's all these crazy conspiracy theories that YouTube has been fucking around with for some years. You think she just went out on the fire escape? Yeah, I kind of do. Oh, she's brave. I think if she, I think if she was having, if she's bipolar one, which that's what they leave out of the fucking thing until the very end. Uh, if she's bipolar one and having an episode, I think that's way more. And the, the lid was open when the guy found it. That's the only thing. They, they keep this one lie going for the whole thing. They let you believe the lie in the first episode. That the it, lid was closed. And then they're like, instead of being like, oh, that was wrong. They don't tell you that to episode four. So the whole time you're like, well, yeah, but there is that one thing. But it's not even a thing. So it's kind of by the end, it leaves you satisfied that you're like, oh, well, I I'm, I kind of agree with that. Right. Uh, like her, her death makes sense now, but it doesn't make sense because it's like that was really crazy. But it, I mean, it. I mean, and I had a horrible read on uh, there's this one black metal, which is like my least favorite type of music ever. But uh, this one artist and. I was like, oh, I bet he's loving the exposure from all this. And then they interview him and it's like, he's, my life's horrible. I want to commit suicide. Everyone thinks I did it. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Misread that one. But he was he did have some weird stuff out there. Right. But anyway, I would recommend watching it. It's just it's frustrating kind of. Yeah, it's. You hated also the hotel manager, which I found funny. Yeah, the hotel manager was so defensive of like, the hotel did nothing wrong. It's like, uh, you are the hotel on Skid Row that houses all kinds of rapists and horrible people. And like, what do you, I don't know. Someone's got to. That, that's her argument. You're right. Um, then there's been other things that I watched. Uh, Firefly Lane was one I really liked. Yeah, I thought it was decent. And it's I didn't think I would like it. It's another show based on a book. It's a Kristen Hanna story, but I haven't read the book. But the show is really good. It had Katherine Heigl and the chick from Scrubs. Yep. I don't know her name. And Roseanne. She's also in Roseanne. She was the replacement uh, Becky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know her name either. I've never been a huge Scrubs fan. It's one of those shows that I know I should like. Oh, and every, I like Scrubs. And people that like shows I like are like, and you love Scrubs, right? I'm like, I don't know. Zach Braff saying my shit. I thought it was pretty funny back in the day. I've, I haven't watched it in a long so time. So I can give it another shot, but I don't know where it's at these days on the streaming. But yeah, um, Firefly Lane is like a generational friendship story um, about these two girls who met when they were teenagers and they're still friends into adulthood. Um, but there's also like this weird love triangle with um, a guy that they work with. They're all like when they were younger, worked at like a newscast. Yeah. News one of them's a celebrity now and the other one's just a producer or something. Assistant. The the husband was the producer yeah, and then she stayed home with the daughter is kind of what it implies. I see. But it was good. And there's going to be a season two, I think, because there's no way they ended it where they ended it where right. they ended it. So That's that was decent. probably my favorite show. Good chick night. show to be sexist about it. <laughs> and then I also watched by myself because it has been forever on Amazon. Only if you have stars. Um, but it was like limited time available for prime was the white princess. And if you binge watch it, you won't by the time this comes out, say today's the last day to watch it on Amazon prime for free. Um, but it was about a historical have you finished it? Yeah. Well, I think I finished season one. I don't know if there's there aren't any other seasons available at the moment for me. But it was about the Tudors versus the Yorks. If you're familiar with English history. monarchy history, it was a big battle between. Well, originally it started because there were two brothers who who were supposed you know they fought over who was supposed to be the next in line and all of that. And um, it, the Yorks versus the Tudors and Henry the seventh, he, you know, has Richard killed. And so he takes, who was supposed to be betrothed to Richard, who is Elizabeth, uh, one of the Elizabeth, not the queen Elizabeth that you always think of, but she was Elizabeth and Elizabeth and Elizabeth. Yeah. Right. The white princess. And um, so it's just kind of their story and how they had to work together to maintain the kingdom and the throne. 
because, you know, her brother was actually still alive and he was really supposed to be on the throne. And so, like, there's this whole thing about, like, her husband wanting to kill her brother, which he does. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, threat to the to the throne. <clears throat> and then they go on to have Henry VIII, which everybody always remembers Henry VIII. Because right. he had so many wives and he made. Change religion. Change. Yeah. Change from the Catholic Church to the Protestant Church. Yeah. And so. then he has a whole show called The Tudors with that one. Yeah. So clearly the Tudors won. You know where that's yeah. going throughout yeah. the whole thing. But it uh, was a good historical show. Right. Definitely I like not. Those. I kind of. Uh, you don't watch those with me. But. I just don't care as much about monarchy stuff. I just the whole time I'm like, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't get over it. Uh, you know, I'm just so American, I guess. Yeah. And uh I, did, I get in that time period, they're the only ones that have any sort of form of education. Of course, why would you want peasants running fucking They don't know anything. And, you know, they should go farm. I get it. I get the arguments they would have at that time period. But still, I watch it and I'm like, yeah, but they're all fucking corrupt. So fuck them. Well, I really love Victoria. I think I talked about that last month. Think Victoria so. and her husband, Albert, really did have a beautiful marriage. Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> All right. And then I've been playing some video games this month. That's what I did during a lot of my snow break. I will say most of my time goes, you know, most. Yeah. You didn't read your book. Oh, yeah. I don't. I, got, I haven't read one word of my book since <laughs> last month. So we'll see. Maybe by next month. I really want to. I've just, you are almost finished. I'm pretty close. Uh, I know it's in like, I know from where I start, it's just one. It's a five hour sequence. It's nonstop because of what's going to happen. They can't break. So I'm like, I know from here until the end is probably like, I got to really I do told it. you if I if it were me, it would take me about two hours to read. Yeah. Because you asked me how many yeah pages was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've been distracted uh, with making music. You know, that's the thing I do. And uh, hopefully that'll I'll probably get a break from that after next month. If I had a guess, I'll probably take like a, a mini break, um, but also play a lot of video games. So during the snow break, uh, I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K21. I said that's probably what I've been playing the most, which is cool because I kind of wasn't hadn't got into it really on the PS5. Yeah, When it first came out, you weren't really wasn't feeling it as much. And really what I got into mm-hmm. is there's a couple different game modes and something that the game doesn't get enough credit for it is all the game modes because everyone only plays my career and that's normally what I play. That's where I make my guy and I scan my face, you know, and I'm, I get real into that. And then you play your play your uh, single player games, but you can go online and play other people. And I hate the online shit because my internet's not good enough. And then I'm like just way off and it gets all glitches out. It makes me mad. So I don't really play online, um, but they have another game mode called my team, which is like you get these cards where you collect cards and then you assemble your team based on cards. So um, they've had this mode forever or for like five years or so, but I've just never really gotten into it um, for some reason. You always like card games. Right. I do like some card games like on mobile and stuff. Yeah. Like collecting and. And so I guess what got me into it this year is I bought the Kobe Bryant edition of the game. Right. So it gave me a Kobe Bryant card to start off with. And I was like, well, that's cool, you know, because, you know, Kobe is cool. And so I I try to play that. And they has these new things called evolution cards. So Kobe's card is an evolution card, which it was like, if you get this many points, this many stills and this many three pointers with him, you can upgrade it to a a better Kobe Bryant card. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fun. And so I did that. And then I got like a old Shaquille O'Neal card to have the same evolution type thing built into it. And so now that's like my whole purpose of the, I'm like, let's evolve all the cards that I could evolve. And that's more or less, I don't know, something about that hook has gotten it for me. And then uh, in a game like, you know, Fortnite or rocket league or all these other games that have like experience based on like challenges, like Fortnite would be like good six kills with a pistol today. And if you do that, they'll give you like an experience boost to this other overall level. It has things like that. So every morning when I log in, it's like apply a contract to a guy. I'm like, let's do it. It's like, you got a hundred experience. I'm like, yes. And like it just, for whatever reason, I'm getting really into it and the my team stuff. So I'm playing that a lot, um, but they have, they have the WNBA mode they added this year that I want to try to get into. And then I think they're my league, which is like the old school what I would have done in high school, like where you just sort of like the thunder, you know, and you really play as like the whole team. I kind of want to get into that because I haven't given that a shot this year. But anyway, NBA 2K has redeemed itself for me, I will say. Um, playing a game called Hybroxia 2. 
uh, every once in a while. I got it from my Vita more, but then it was really hard and I wanted to break my Vita because I just couldn't right. beat certain levels. And then I've downloaded on my PS5 and beat the first two or three levels just immediately and was like... With something about this joystick. Yeah, the joysticks were just too hard on the Vita to do it. So I need to get back into it, but it looks like a Super Nintendo era arcade game, kind of, you know, like a, that sort of graphic style, but you're a little ship and you're shooting stuff, but it's really fun. It's like really good for that type of game. I was like really impressed. Um, and then I got really into this game called City Skylines, which was the the like city manager game. I remember you watched me play that for a yes, day. Yes, yes, because you were polluting everything. <clears throat> I was polluting the water supply, and you didn't like that. Uh-uh. And so, but you have to have sewage dump out somewhere. And I felt like your zoning areas were weird. Right. I it, like games like that, except it would stress me out a little bit because right. I'm too like. Well, and on edge. those games are also kind of annoying because you start off and you're like, "Well, I'll do this," and then once you realize, like, "Oh, this does that," and you're like, "Well, can okay, I want to quit and restart?" But you don't want to. Yeah. Quit and restart. So it kind of reminded me of the when you had to manage your amusement park. Right. And you had to have like the right amount of custodians in certain areas or your park would get too trashy. Yeah. Roller coaster tycoon. And people would get like sick at your park. Oh, that game was stressful. Well, speaking of that game, the roller coaster, what's it called? Planet Coaster, I think, is the new one that I've been wanting on PS5. It's on sale this weekend. It's normally like $60 and it's on stuff like 40 And I've been looking at it just like, <laughs> I know I shouldn't spend $40 on this fucking roller coaster game, but I know I will enjoy it for at least a day or two. But is that enough? $40 right, for is a that day an- or two? <laughs> exactly. You'd have to play it way more than that. So it's like, do I wait for it to be more on sale later or do I think like, you know what? This is the time. Maybe one day it's free on PlayStation Plus. For some See? reason, I feel like $20 would be reasonable. Right. Well, there is a normal version that's, I think, like 30 on sale now, but the one that has all the extra shit, I'm like, well, why don't I just get all that? Um, So anyway, that's something I'm arguing with myself at the moment. Um, (laughs) Another simulation game I played the day after City Skylines, because I started to get annoyed with it, was the Mad Game Tycoon, which is like a game developer simulation game. And the graphics on it are horrible. It's not really fun but i'm like four trophies away from platinuming it and so i was like i'm gonna get back into it and i spent all day just to like remember how to play it and it'd be like those four trophies i didn't get are gonna be really fucking hard to get and so there's probably a reason i never got those and then i quit but that was a day Uh, i spent all day playing that game and then recently i finally started control which was a game i've really been wanting to play it's the uh, fbi uh, yeah, it's close to that. And it's called something else, but it is close to the FBI. I think it's like FBI, but uh, for paranormal activities. Mm-hmm. And they have some new, some different name mm-hmm. for it. Creepy janitor. Yeah, there's a creepy janitor. Now, it's a game that I really want to like. Like the whole time I've been playing it the last few days, I'm like, the graphics are really good. It has a creepy story. I just don't necessarily like the game part. Like, I don't really like shooting stuff and I don't. It's not always my favorite game mode. Right. The gameplay part of like get here there and the enemies are just like, I don't know. They're like, they're faceless, you know, like they're just like a fate, like a guy that's red and glowy and shit. Like, I don't know, because it's from a different dimension or I don't know. They're just not a lot of personality uh, to it in a way. I mean, I think certain people love people that like X-Files and Stranger Things, maybe even Stranger Things has a lot of heart to it, you know, right. I don't know. I like it. I could see where a lot of people would like it. And it's like I said, I want to give it a shot because it looks so good. And graphics on the new consoles fun. You know, you're like, look out the shot on those aluminum beams or whatever. But it doesn't make for necessarily a lot of fun to be had. So I'm debating how long I'm going to keep keep that one up. Yeah, you might not get your trophies. Yeah. I might just stick at my, I've got nine trophies on it and be like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Some games I give, I gave up on Need for Speed. I remember I played that one. I got the first fucking trophy, which always makes me mad when they do that shit, when they'll give you one trophy just immediately. Because then you're already in. You can't delete your trophy list. And then the third race, I just couldn't beat. And I looked it up, and it's like, oh, they have a rubber banding technology that it's like a one out of 100 chance you're going to win it. I'm like, what? I ain't doing this shit. And so I just quit playing it. But video games. Uh, I want to play more. I think about all the time how I'm like, I should really spend more time playing video games. But then when I do... I'm like, I feel like I'm wasting so much time playing video games. So I feel like they make you angry. Sometimes they can. Yeah. So I'm all for anything that's not going to make you angry. Right. I really should play games that 
are nothing but fun. Like I really enjoy like Stardew Valley, you yeah. know, just make my little farm. And then like tomorrow my goal is this. And, but low stress. I, for some reason I'm like, no, I'm going to play something that fucking pisses me off today. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's just the, that's the man side of me. Well, it's because that's why you don't like playing. Why you feel like you waste your time is because if you don't, accomplish what you're supposed to like lately with basketball right like they'll be like wasted an hour they'll be like win this game but get 20 team assists and then i win the game and i get 19 team assists and i'm like well there's a fucking hour gone and i get pissed about it (laughs) i really do so So um, that's why it's like that's what i mean when i say they make you mad right but i haven't broke a controller ever as an adult as an adult (laughs) Uh, when I had a Nintendo 64, I threw lots of controllers playing wrestling games because it was some poor shit. And then your <laughs> little joystick would break and it would stab your thumb, but you didn't have money to go buy more controllers. My mom wasn't going to care if I broke my controllers. I can figure it out. Um, anyway, good Owen 64 days. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I think we were like two hours long, so we'll no, see. No, it wasn't that long, <laughs> but I'm sorry if I bored you. No, not at all. Uh-huh. Felt long. Not at all. All right. Peace. <laughs> Makes me the